0: All right, we got a return guest today, Mr. Guide Josh Stewart over here. Today, he's gonna lead us into the 10 essentials. And I think he's about to blow your mind and my mind with this type of stuff. Look at this stuff. He's got all of his gear laid out right here. If everybody's watching on video, he's got it all out. So I'm super stoked to have Josh back on. Talk about some guide wisdom and make us all be a little bit safer in the mountains, right, Josh?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, um, the what are what do you what would you call the
1: ten essentials, Chad? What what are what are the ten essentials?
0: Oh, oh, he's putting me on the spot. I'm, I'm putting right? you on that. Yeah, reverse might to, I might have to edit this one out. <laughs> I would say I would say what what comes to my mind is things like you know, having a map, compass, headlamp, things like that would be like a 10 essentials. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if are like the big three kind of a part of the 10 essentials where it's like tent, sleeping bag, that type of stuff. Or is it more of like something that, or is it more kind of around safety? I guess sometimes I get a little bit confused with what it actually is.
1: Uh, It's just a bare minimum of what you need to bring when you go, when you go outside. Um, I don't, I've never heard of the term like the big three, but if there were a big three, it's probably like food, water, your cell phone. I mean, that's kind of, if you were to go on a, on a trail run, you know, you'd probably have at least those things.
0: Got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking big three as in like big three backpacking. Like if you're going backpacking, like you need like a sleeping bag tent and then your sleeping pad or something like that, or Mm -hmm. your backpack, Mm -hmm. right. That's kind of the big three to me, but you're talking about like, if you're just going out on even just like a day hike, these are the 10 essentials you should have on like any day hike any trail run or anything. And then obviously a backpacking trip, but this is like, even for things that are like, you know, an hour, even two hours. Totally. things. I okay. mean, we're, we're basically
1: just talking about the, the, the essentials for human survival. It's not yeah. just about the backcountry. You know, if you, you need food, water and shelter, that's what you need for human survival. So those are kind of, if that's, that's your big three right there, food, water and shelter.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, we got three down. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We have seven exactly. to go. No, I'm just kidding. No, so we we <laughs> actually uh we're well whoops. I got a timer set here. We we felt as though we went a little bit overboard with our, our last. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna rein it in with this one. We we told Josh says he's got about four and a half minutes for essential. So we're gonna we're gonna try to give it to you guys as brief as we can, but also is give you as much. As much value as we can, so you can take it away, Josh, on this one.
1: I've been practicing my my speed talking right before this, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. Like an like an infomercial. <laughs> um. So the the ten essentials have evolved over the years. Uh, I just want to make a, like a note on that. Like, if you were to just Google ten essentials, one of the top hits is going to be REI's interpretation of those. And they've got two published on their website. They have the classic 10 essentials, and then they have what they're calling the 10 essential systems, which is what I tend to use. Um, so, just real quick, we'll just run through the classic list just to give everybody a familiarity with what they are. So, the first one is navigation. So, that's gonna be like your map and compass, then a headlamp, sun protection, first aid, a knife, fire, shelter, extra food extra water, extra clothes. So those are the 10. And then how that is evolved is really what we're going to get into in this first, in this next part, we're going to go over every category. So navigation is that that's stayed the same. Um, And that's uh, the first one. So that's just going to be, you know, your map, your map and compass. And what's really important about this is that you have the skills to use them because using a compass is not as simple as it sounds like at this most basic level you just need to figure out which direction you're heading you can like if you know there's a highway south of wherever you're lost you can just like head south and um so that it can sometimes be as simple as that but you if you need to get somewhere specific like you know where your car is parked along this trailhead then you've got to be able to be able to take an accurate bearing and then in order to do that you got to know how to use your compass you need to know how to set the declination properly you need to know precisely where you are and um, and all the nuances of using a map and compass and so it takes some training so don't just throw a compass in your in your backpack and call it good Um, you need to know how to use it and on that note your compass has got to be reliable so it can't be like the compass that's sitting like in you know in the top of your water bottle or the compass that goes in your keychain and gets banged around all the time um, because if it gets, if it gets damaged or if there's like a bubble in it, it can affect the accuracy and you just can't rely on it. So make sure you know how to use it and make sure that compass is reliable. I actually store my compass in its own little pouch just to keep it protected because it's getting tossed around in a backpack and stuff. Cause I got a real rely
0: on that. Dude. Great. So. Great mm-hmm. tip on that. What's funny is every, okay. If you watch any, any kind of like hiking ch- or something like that. They're always like. Make sure you have your map and compass. And all. how many people do you actually think the percentage is that people actually carry a map and compass?
1: Of the average hiker, that's there, yeah. very, very few.
0: And yeah. now I've gone down the rabbit hole of declination and all of that. And you're right. It can be kind of, you know, because mm-hmm. every, every depending, you know, if you're in Montana versus if you're in Wisconsin, that's a different declination, right? Yep. It's different mm-hmm. because of the, of the magnetic, whatever. If you were to just give someone, if you were just to transfer your knowledge to someone and it had to be like one or two basic things of how to use the compass for like survival, what would that Mm -hmm. be? What would that look like? What would that be for them to understand or know?
1: Figure out how to um, take a bearing and transfer that bearing from your compass to your map and then figure out how to take a bearing on your map and transfer that from the map to real life. If you can do those things and but when you cha- we can take a bearing in real life and you transfer that to your map, you're triangulating. So you take three bearings and you draw lines on the map to triangulate where you are. And what happens when you do that is you take it off of three different points. Like say you're doing a, uh, a bearing off of three different mountains, for instance. Um, you would draw the lines and they would all intersect at one point and they would create a triangle. And the idea is that you are in that triangle map. And so then you know where you are and then you can use that to figure out how to get yourself out of wherever Dude, you're at.
0: I love it. I love it. Yep. So, so that's that, and that's something that somebody that if you, you know, everybody's just like, I'm going to throw a compass in my bag and call it good. And then if they actually lose their cell phone or something happens, yep. they have no idea what they're going to do. They're going to look at Northeast, <laughs> Southwest and be like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying yeah
1: yeah at a minimum you know it's good to know have a good familiarity where where you are you know i'm driving to this location and i'm going to hike generally north of wherever i'm going then if you get lost you can just hike south it's good to know like where the closest highway is or where the closest trailhead is at least in a general direction um, because if you have a good general sense of direction you can kind of you know, like I, I could go get lost in the Mount Baker Wilderness and I know generally which way is south and which way is north because I can see the sun. I know where that is. Um, I know generally where I am. I know that Baker is going to be to the north of where I am. Um, so if you have a good general sense of direction of where you are, then that can help you supplement the accuracy of your compass. But if you're going to a place you're not familiar with, um, it's, a, it's a lot different. Awesome. Awesome.
0: So super, super clutch. Have a compass, know how to do it. Shoot some bearings. Great. Yep,
1: absolutely. And then
0: not only that, but like
1: everyone's getting comfortable with their phone. I think it's worth noting that that should be in the navigation category. We're throwing our phone in there. And there's, there's three most common apps that most people are using and they're uh, Gaia, uh, Caltopo, and then on X, those are the, the three apps and they're, they're so good. Like that's my go-to, that's what I'm going to use. Um, but you can't, you don't want to rely on that. You want to bring them up and compass.
0: Perfect. And, and I think it's really good to note, although we're we're spending a little more time, you know, but this of is, course. these are all great points, but like you said, having a general direction of where you're at and like, even just like re- remembering things that you pass as you went in, there's yep. are often things that I will do too. Right. It's like, trying to figure out where that is and then especially when you're rock climbing and stuff like that like when we're on sahali and like if you don't like making sure you download the route or being familiar with the route especially when it starts to get technical like on your either having it on your phone like the route on the gpx or like having pictures and things like that i don't know if this really fits in with the with the compass and stuff but like having that stuff on there prior to you going is going to help you not go off route and then all of a sudden you're in some technical terrain where you're now you're screwed you can't Mm down you can't go up and you know so just something worth noting
1: yeah that's a great point um that that is totally part of the navigation category is having some route topos of the rock climbing route you're doing or having some actual photographs of which way to take to get around this, this, you know, rock outcropping to get to the summit. And those, those details and those descriptions are totally
0: part of the navigation category. And are a so lot great, harder. Great point. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. It's like, you look at it on the, on the picture and you're like, okay, cool. And then you get out there and you're like, Oh, everything looks mm-hmm. the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. What, what's next?
1: Cool. So I'll pull out my, my trusty navigation card here. This, I, this is a good idea to have in there. And you just throw that in your kit. That way, um, as you take things out, and, uh, and use them, you can remember to put them, them back in your kit. Mm-hmm. Um, generally for the 10 essentials, I like kind of like the grab and go idea, because then I don't need to go through everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I take something out of it, but I can just like grab my bag, it's already pre packed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm when I'm mountaineering, I like to have Kind of like a grab and go kit that is the bare minimum it's super ultra light stuff and i can fit every single 10 essential like you can see this whole table right there's no way you can fit all this table into into a bag right it's gonna take up a good portion of your backpack um but that's because i've got like my primary use stuff out here like you know i got a down jacket right that's my insulation And that's like the heaviest version, the biggest, bulkiest version, but I also got like an emergency blanket Mm -hmm. and that's also insulation, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like the bare minimum. So if I'm going on a trail run, I'll probably take the bare minimum. But if I'm gonna go on something where I know I'm gonna need more insulation and I'm gonna bring like a jacket and that counts as my Mm -hmm. insulation. So oftentimes I'll bring that really ultralight kit and then I'll bring something to supplement it. And the ultralight kit is just like a backup in case somebody else that I'm with, you know, forgot a headlamp or they left their sunglasses in the car. And then, and then at very least we have an emergency backup in the kit. So I've got my sunglasses. Sure. I've got myself covered, but it's be good to have a backup.
0: So it's important to kind of cover your partner's butt too, because you guys are kind of working together and if they lose something and if something happens to them it that almost, that's also affecting you as well. It sounds like
1: mm-hmm. particularly if you have a trip that is uh, very long, right. Um, and particularly when you're mountaineering, you know, when you're mountaineering, you forget sunglasses that, that ends the trip, you know, that's a big deal because you can't go on the glacier without sunglasses. You'll, you'll go blind. It's, a, it's a important. So things like that for, for longer trips and for mountaineering trips are particularly important to have a backup. all right so illumination so that's going to be like uh it's going to be like a headlamp you know that's going to be or a flashlight at a minimum like i'm going to trail one i might bring i might just bring a flashlight because it's lighter and smaller and i'm probably not going to need it but i want to have a backup just in case and then extra batteries um for extra batteries i like to use lithium batteries rather than just regular ones and that's because they give you full power all the way up to the point where it's dead or like a regular alkaline battery it's going to get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until it eventually dies and f- as it's getting dimmer it's just useless light because it's so dim so i want full power and then when it's done it's done and i have to swap out some new batteries mm-hmm. um so I, I usually bring a couple of headlamps i bring one like primary headlamp and the backup headlamp when i go mountaineering um, my primary headlamp i don't use uh, replaceable batteries you just use like rechargeable lift, built-in lithium battery and uh and that way i'm not just burning a bunch of batteries every time i go on a climb i'm just recharging this thing every time i go and then the reason i have one that uses regular batteries is because if i go on like uh, a longer trip i may not have an opportunity to recharge that rechargeable battery so i want to have some spare ones i can just throw in Mm -hmm. some headlamps have um have a hybrid where they can use that rechargeable battery but then they can also you can swap in some uh, replaceable ones as well. Awesome. So
0: yeah, that's my illumination. Um, Real quick on that illumination too. mm -hmm. Remember when we did the crevasse training, when we were coming out of there, we, we met this random family that was in the middle of like between snow lake and the parking lot, but still probably a couple miles away. Total pitch black was just using their cell phone as a light to try to get out of there. And they had a baby.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: I mean, if their phone's down and nobody else is on that trail, how are they getting out?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And that's something that like, I don't think the average person thinks, but then I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm susceptible to this as well. We were unable to complete one of the summits we wanted to do on this long trail run because for whatever reason, we forgot our headlamps. We yep. started super early. Then we thought we were going to be done, but like, no, it was like damn near night by the time we were done and couldn't summit the last one because we didn't have headlamps. We had to skip it. So that was really defeating to me. Now I'm like always bringing a headlamp, even if I don't think so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, exactly. I've, I've had very similar experiences uh, just like that. And that is what has prompted me to always bring the 10 essentials. And that's what's prompted me to build a kit so I can just grab and go. And I always have it because I've had experiences just like you described where I, you know, didn't intend for X, Y, Z to happen, or I plan to be back by this time. Uh, but that didn't happen. And now I don't have what I need and I can't accomplish this. objective. Yeah. So that's exactly why
0: so frustrating because you could if you had the the, how do you before we get into the next one how do you balance though taking like because some of this stuff kind of you might be doubling up on or something Mm -hmm. how do you balance that with trying to maintain a light weight when you're going
1: so the ultra light kit is is so light it literally fits in this tiny pouch right it's it is i don't have it on me but it's as big as this first aid kit that's it oh okay Gotcha. So I have the ultralight pouches about this big, and then I have the first aid kit, which is about this big. So gotcha. those two things. So I can fit both of those things in the trail running pack. And if I'm going on a 10-mile trail run, I don't, I'm don't. i probably not going to need anything. Right. I'm probably going to drink some water, and I don't need anything in that pack. But those that kit is so small and so light that I can throw that in a 10-liter trail running pack. And, and to me, that's the purpose of a trail running pack is to carry the ten essentials. So that's the only thing you would need ever need to put in there is the ten essentials. That's like the whole purpose of a of a race vest.
0: What do you what do so, you yeah, what are you using for a pouch for that? Um it kind
1: of okay. it, it depends. If I'm going trail running it's gonna be um it's just going to be like a sealed nylon zipper pouch that I just shove everything in there because it's super lightweight.
0: Okay, perfect. Uh,
1: but like when I guide, I want something that's going to be more durable because I'm using it more often, right? I'm bringing, if I'm not using the, the thing itself, I'm at least bringing it out to show and I'm taking part, showing to people. So um, my my kind of, uh, my go-to stuff that I use when Mountaineering is a little more durable. Like this is a like a Cordura nylon pouch yeah. for my first aid stuff. So it's pretty durable. Right on. So I'm not. I'm not super. I'm not going ultra light when I'm when I'm guiding. So I'm not concerned about a few extra ounces here and there. Right on. Perfect. Yeah. So to answer to, to make sure that I answer your question, um, how do we balance, you know, bringing too much stuff? The the basics is it's so light and so minimal that I don't even notice that, and I can bring that in addition to to what I'm bringing elsewhere. Dope. Yeah. Cool. All right. So. Um now we're into the the third one is fire. And so that's just going to be like a lighter and matches, windproof, you know, stormproof matches. Um, I have like a, an electric USB lighter, which is pretty cool, but it's, it's not very reliable. Every time I go to use it, I find that it's dead. Um, and then I'll charge it up and the next time it'll still be dead. So I tend to like to use that one for maybe like lighting my stove but i'm not gonna rely on it If i'm going on it if i'm gonna i'm gonna put my in my trail running kit i'm gonna probably just put like a gas station bic lighter because that's it's reliable uh and storm matches are also pretty
0: reliable and together they're pretty lightweight so Perfect. you like those storm proof matches mm-hmm. i do well
1: yeah they work really
0: well good in like the wind and stuff
1: mm-hmm. they you can't blow them out they're pretty amazing
0: okay sweet and then yeah. One tip I had for a lighter that I learned on a, on the PCT section hike I did was my lighter got wet. Right. And so like, I couldn't mm-hmm. flick it, couldn't flick it on. And the guy I was with, he's the 68 year old dude. He's like, no, just put it in your pocket. It'll dry out. I'm like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. dude." I was like, no, it won't. And two hours later, boom, I was able to, fl- I thought it was done. And no, oh, you I'm thought it was weird. done for a good. Yeah. I thought it was done for good. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was ready to roll. Cause I like, oh, I heard, yeah. like, it was like a rainy day. Like it was mm-hmm. like just and it was outside my pocket for whatever reason. I was mm-hmm. like, no way, it's doused, dude. Mm-hmm. And so real interesting kind of tip there, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Put in your pocket. All right. Yep. Um let's see what what's next? Health and safety would be the next category. And so that's gonna be like your your first aid kit. Um and what's in the first aid kit? I'm just gonna go over that real quick. So it's gonna be like your your basic band aids, antiseptic. Uh, things like that. This one has got, um, what I put in it is I got some Benadryl, some ibuprofen, and some aspirin and put them little Ziploc bags. Um, I've got some blister band-aids. That's a big one. These things are specific for blisters and they might have some like they might have some, like, numbing um, fluid in there, I think, built into it. Because when you put it on there, you can't feel that blister at all. <laughs> and it bonds it bonds so well to your skin. Like, a week later, you're going to be taking a shower, and it's going to still be on your, your heel. Works really, really well. Um, and that's just Band-Aid brand blister Band-Aids. I also have a tourniquet. That's one of those things. This is pretty small, lightweight tourniquet. That's one of those things where... Um, you can't, it's hard to improvise and make a really good tourniquet, and that's, it's a life-saving thing. If you have a tourniquet, you can save someone's life. And that's something that could happen in a mountaineering um, setting if someone punctures your leg with a cramp on or an ice axe. We're using a lot of sharp stuff when we're mountaineering. So um, I, would, I would advocate for bringing an actual tourniquet if you're going to bring something um, sharp. Yeah, well, if you're going to bring something that's not improvising, you know, because oh. you can improvise a splint, right, a broken, right. A broken right. bone yeah. is not a bone is not a life threatening mm-hmm. injury. But um, if somebody is bleeding, having an arterial bleed, uh, that can be a life threatening thing. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then on that, uh, in that category of the health and safety category, we're also bringing like a, a PLB. So like the Garmin Reach. And that's also where your phone comes back into play. So now we have your phone in two categories, both the navigation and we got it in the health and safety uh, category. Um, Also, you know, before, before everyone had an iPhone, we didn't have a light, a flashlight built into our phone. So at least, you know, as we were talking about the the illumination part, at least everybody now has a flashlight that they didn't have before Mm -hmm. on the iPhone all right so category five that's tools and that's going to be um typically that's just been like a knife and duct tape uh i would advocate for a a multi-tool that should be your tool because a knife is useful but pliers and a knife is infinitely more useful can't tell you the number of times that i've used this thing to fix all sorts of things particularly if you're skiing you want the multi-tool Mm-hmm.
0: bindings and all that stuff uh, yeah, right, I know, exactly. and yeah screws and all that i know yep. <laughs> you can't you're not just at a resort where you can go ask the lifties hey can i get a whatever <laughs> yeah. totally once you yeah. get into skiing there's all
1: sorts of things you got to add to it yeah you got to be able to repair a binding or a broken ski or all sorts of stuff though so, or yeah. a, a boot a boot malfunction so yeah. yeah um yeah and then the other things in the tool category are going to be like paracord We've got infinite number of uses, uh, some duct tape. And then I like to bring a ski strap. That's hmm. always useful for all sorts of things, not just when you're skiing. So those are, those are the things for the tools. And then our shelter. So if we're going mountaineering, that's going to be like your, your tent. That's, that counts as your shelter. So you don't need to bring like an extra item necessarily. Um, it could be a bivvy if you're going ultra light. It could be, you could even bring a bivy as a as a backup. Like if you're going doing a, a high altitude mountaineering objective and you want to have um, some emergency shelter, emergency shelter in case something happens, you could bundle somebody up on a big down jacket and stick them in a bivy sack. Uh, but, you know, your tent gets you to X, Y, or Z, but then you're going to the summit and you're not bringing your tent because you're leaving it somewhere, but you still want to carry the tent essentials. So you also have your emergency blanket that's going in your 10 essential bag. Yeah, so that's a, that's a perfect example
0: that that Kelly Halpin. I don't know if you follow her, but she set the FKT on the wind river high route and she would, she just brought, uh, what the heck, uh, what is it? A blanket. What is that called? The space? Blanket? Yeah. Yeah. Space blanket. Uh-huh. She's like, she's like, yeah, I just brought that as my shelter because I knew because she did some wild route before where that was just her shelter. she's like, I knew mm-hmm. I could hack it out with it.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm like, Dang,
0: dude, that's so savage, but they work. Yeah, totally. They do work.
1: Um, but that the, the emergency blanket and shelter is a perfect example of how do you balance when it bring the kit, In addition to everything else, or I just bring the kit like that, you just gave an example of of a situation where you would just bring the kit. And in that situation that would suffice as both in the insulation category and as the shelter category. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the situation where you would bring both is when you're going to go mountaineering and up to that point, you know, you're carrying your tent up to camp. And so that's your shelter. But then once you leave your tent to go to the summit, you don't have your tent anymore. So you no longer have shelter. then so you would have both the emergency blanket and the tent. Okay. The perfect example. Totally. Cool. Um, the next category is going to be uh, nutrition. So you're, you're bringing food, but you always want to bring the reason it's on here is so you bring more than what you need, bring some extra food, because um, you don't know necessarily how long you're gonna be out there. Maybe you're maybe you get stranded out there or you get lost longer than you were expecting. So you have a little bit of extra food to to cover you in that case. Um and that's gonna, you know, when you're when you're packing your gear, it's not just gonna be packing food, but it's gonna be packing like how you cook that food. So you're gonna have a stove, whether that be like um an, you know an MSR reactor or very common to see like a jet boil out there. Um, if I'm going super light and I'm doing like fast packing, I'm gonna bring very minimal stove. I might not I might choose not to bring stove at all, but it is nice to have. I might bring something like this, like a really tiny pocket rocket. Yep. And that would be like the minimalist version in that stove category.
0: Dude, you are dude, you are crushing this. I love this. What also, by the way, I saw this on the mediocre amateurs. They you could also use the stove as one of your at for fire because they literally just used it as a torch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> they lit mm-hmm. the stove mm-hmm. and use it as a torch. They were in the wind river range and everything was mm-hmm. wet, it was getting the monsoon yeah. season, and they just use yep. it as a torch to start their fire. And I was like, That's so genius! I never thought about that. They're just like holding it, you know. Obviously, be careful, but you know, yeah. you, you can totally do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've definitely done that before. I've really? Used the
1: stove to start it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the, the lighter, you know, it's just a small flame. And sometimes you're working with, like, wet wood. And right. so you got to get something started. And so the stove can work for that. But you can't rely on the stove's igniter to start that fire. So make sure you have a lighter for sure. And right. don't just, like, think that the stove is going to have you covered. Because those igniters, they, they break constantly. So. Yeah. 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 Um kind of while we're on that category, um I, I don't bring these in my pack, but I just thought I'd mention them because they're nice to have. You got like the this jet boil crunch it, and you can thread this onto your uh fuel canisters to punch a hole in them so that it drains just a tiny bit of gas that's in there, and then you can then recycle it. And then so that's what you do if you're recycling a canister, but also they've got this thing called um flip fuel, and you screw this onto like a larger canister. And it'll allow you to transfer the fuel from the larger canister to the smaller canister. So that way you don't have a bunch of um, half full canisters um, nice. when you're packing. Because you don't want to like waste the tiny bit of fuel that's in there. But you also don't want to bring a fuel canister that only has like a third of it in there. Right. So this solves that problem. Awesome. Cool. Um, the next category is going to be hydration. You know, Everyone's used to seeing... A regular filter like this msr filter that takes out absolutely everything this is like something you want to bring if you're like traveling in south america and you're not really sure about how the water quality um, but when you're in north america and especially in the mountains you don't need that level of protection so you can use something you know like one of these like sawyers with this with a soft bottle Perfect. that'll work especially this is great for trail running because it's so small and so light Um, or my favorite would be like the, um, the Katadine, this is Mm -hmm. a catadin B-Free. Uh, and what I like about this is that it's got a wider opening, Mm -hmm. so it's easier to fill up with water. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's other things out there. Like I can take this, uh, this is Camelback water bottle. And then there's also this UV filter. It's kind of like a SteriPen. But instead of, like, swishing it around in the top of the water bottle, you can just thread this on there. And then I push this button. Whoa. And then it sets a one-minute timer, and it just tells me when it's – after it's been treated. I just sit there. You can see the little UV light on the monitor.
0: Crazy. That's so nuts. That's so crazy. (laughs) So does that mean that – does that mean – theoretically water if you were getting water in a standing pool that the water at the top might be cleaner than the water at the bottom because the uv rays has been hitting the top of the water i don't know the answer to that question but hey i just do that just see, doesn't it i mean yeah getting the uv rays from the sun i don't know seems logical yeah i don't know you're gonna have to ask uh, someone else about that one <laughs> We need to, we need to bring a scientist on or something, some water. Right. Water. Let's get a. Let's get a scientist on here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, sun protection. protection. Mm, oh, I'm bad with this one. This one's fun. This one's fun. Why are you bad with this one?
0: I never want to carry it. I, it's either I never want to carry the sunscreen because it's, I wish people would make a small bottle of sunscreen, like uh-huh. a travel freaking size bottle of sunscreen. I don't understand uh-huh. why they have to be so large all the time. And uh-huh. it's like, for whatever reason, I can never, I just don't, I mean, I could probably find one and order one. I just never think of it. The one thing though, that I will say is chapstick, like SPF chapstick is a big deal mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. anytime I go to the mountains, I'm always getting real bad sunburn lips and it's, these, these little, it's just these little things that I never think about again. Or like, totally. I know, I know I should do it. And I just I'm like, so caught up with other stuff that I just neglect bringing the stuff. That's
1: Whatever. funny. Actually, it's almost like we talked about this one beforehand and you just like perfectly set me up to go over the sunscreen or the sun protection <laughs> category. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause I just figured out recently, uh, my, my new system for sunscreen. Um, so this is, this is made by human gear. And it's called a, a goo tube or a go tube. I don't remember which. And it's silicone, so it's pretty tiny. Um, it's got a wide opening, so I can easily take a regular full size sunscreen container and I can squirt it in there, right? It's got the, the cap that has the small opening, so you can just squeeze out a little bit of sunscreen. And then the cool thing is, it's got this like, if you look at the lid, I'm gonna zoom in, it's got this like retractable. Mm-hmm. loop and it snaps up on the top of the lid. And what that does is it keeps the lid from opening so you won't leak in your mm-hmm. in the top of your pack. So so this thing is what I would what I use and I just take a larger sunscreen and I squirt it into there um, as I need it. Um, now personally I have a sunscreen that's going to be for my arms and legs and any exposed skin. But then I have a different sunscreen that goes on my face.
0: And the reason,
1: yeah, the reason is, is because what happens to me is that it it leaks into my eyes and it stings. I don't know if that's ever happened to anybody else, but for me, it happens all the time. And uh, so I use like a a way more expensive sunscreen. Like it's way too expensive to put all over my arms and legs and everything. Um, But it's perfect for for the face. So that would be like Sol, S-O-L. And they they have, it's not this one, but they have a high altitude version. Mm-hmm. And this is the stuff you can put on just for mountaineering. You can put it on in the morning right before you go to the summit. And I only need to put it on once the entire day. It'll last the entire day. It's just pretty amazing. Sunscreen. That's and awesome. you- and it,
0: yeah. One sec. I think that's my qualms with sunscreen. It's like you have to constantly be putting it on during the day. Mm-hmm. and I just want to put it on once yep. and then leave it. And that's why I kind of like those mineral sunscreens. <laughs> like I gave you that mm-hmm. mineral sunscreen mm-hmm. last yep. time. <laughs> and you were like, I'm going to have this on till next year. Because it was like just caked on your, I like, I literally think like the quintessential mountaineer look or rock climber look is like this yeah. thing of like, they're just like this ghost white just face yeah. because of this, because of the sunscreen all over their face that never rubs in.
1: <laughs> totally. totally. And,
0: and yeah, I don't really mind that stuff because at least it stays on. You know, yeah. I, I reapply That's it. That's
1: funny. That's funny you know every every time I go to Hawaii and I get a rental car you, you, the grip of the of right next to the door the the you know the o oh grip uh, it is it is white from mineral sunscreen. you can see it on there because it it never comes off right so I don't I don't like that stuff, but this, the soul <laughs> the soul stuff does not does not do that mm-hmm. um, so that's one of the nice things about that this is the, my favorite stuff it also doesn't leak in my eyes. Um, but I also like clear. So like the stuff that I put all in my arms, that's just, it's clear sunscreen. And so that's, uh, and it's one of the only ones that I found that's, um, a lotion. So you rub it on, it's not a spray on. Mm-hmm. That's also clear. So that's one of want to really like that. And then, uh, also another one that I like for my face is, uh, called Dermatone. And this can go on your lips and your face. So it's both like a lip balm and a face stick. Perfect. I really like that uh and then in the sunglasses category um mountaineering you're going to be wearing glacier glasses this is uh, sunglasses category is another perfect example of when i would bring that small pack away kit plus my primary so my primary is going to be my full-on glacier glasses that are category four dark lenses and they also got um, side shields so they block out all the light and they're really really dark but my backup is gonna be this little film canister and it's got these tiny lenses in there and they're called rollins. Or just this. And so if someone breaks or loses their sunglasses, I can put this on their face and then we can <laughs> use some duct tape. And It works,
0: dude. That's so. I remember you telling me about this other day, and I was like, dude, that's genius, man. Yeah, see, I said there was a guy I used to follow on the PCT, do the PCT, and through the Sierra, he lost his sunglasses. And this Mm -hmm. was the high snow year in 19. Dude, he basically had to, he basically took like his neck gaiter, put it over his face, and kind of cut like small little slits for his eyes. And that's like how he navigated for like hundreds of miles.
1: Yep, yep. Totally, nothing before. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can build all kinds of different things, but you see what I mean. Like this is just a it's, yeah. Some minimal's back of it. it weighs absolutely nothing. It's worth bringing in addition to your glacier oh. classes in case somebody loses their sunglasses. What's yeah. it called again? They're called roland's
0: Rollins. Rollins yeah.
1: Yeah, and then you just get, if you get a film canister, they won't quite fit in a regular film canister. So look, I, I think you can get a larger film canister to stick it inside. Uh, but they come just wrapped in cardboard, which is just not not quite good enough. Yeah, um, There's other things that you can use as well. These things are really cool. So I'm just going to show them anyways, even though it might be a bit excessive for a backup pair. These are called opticals and they fit in this tiny little box. But then you open them up, And they just like open up like a, it's like a transformer. (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: I love it, dude. I love it. It looks like you should put a tap out shirt on you. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So those are fun. Um, And then they've got these, these other like really tiny foldable sunglasses that fit in this slim case and then you can fold them out. So there's there's the point is that there are lots of different options for folding small wow. sunglasses that you can use as a backup. And in the event of emergency, I would just use duct tape to create a side shield for these sunglasses walk out more light.
0: Love so. it. I love it, that's, that's awesome. One thing I would go with that too, is I always am a, a fan of making sure, like if you're doing a all day mountaineering objective the next day and you're like sleeping in your car, just put your sunglasses in your bag right away that night because mm-hmm. you're not going to remember them in the morning. When it's pitch mm-hmm. black, you wake up at 12 a.m. to do this Alpine Summit. The last thing on your mind is like, oh, I need sunglasses. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know saying?
1: 100% right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the same thing with a headlamp
1: in reverse. If you're going somewhere when you're starting out and it's bright and sunny, you're not thinking about a headlamp.
0: Oh, yeah, so, totally. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point.
1: Those are both, those are two good reasons to make a, a kit that's pre-packed that already has everything in it mm-hmm. right there. Um, so for your primary use sunglasses, um, I, I really like Jilbo as uh, the brand. And the reason is because they're one of the only sunglass manufacturers that I've found that uh, they don't discontinue their, their, very often, they don't discontinue their uh, models or their brand. Lenses, And so you can always get replacement lenses and you can always get replacement parts. So if you like you lose the nose piece or if an arm falls off or if you lose one of the side shields or any of the other parts, they keep those in stock and you can always get replacement parts, replacement lenses. Um, They're also obviously a very high quality brand. But I love that they always have replacement parts and replacement lenses. Huge. So that's dude. that's my refund.
0: Yeah, because the first thing that happens is you scratch up your lenses all the time. If you can't get exactly it, that sucks. So and you carry the you use the strap on them too.
1: Uh, and not all the time, but it is nice to have. Yeah, um, particularly when you're mountaineering, because you can just take them off and they can just hang at your neck, mm-hmm. which is great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's and there's so many brands out there, and I don't like contributing to the, the whole landfill scenario. So it's great that you can always get replacement parts to keep things going for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I when I guide, you know, I'm doing all everything from ice climbing to mountaineering. So I have um, this is these are my sunglasses if I if I'm guiding, and they have three glasses in here. Um, one of them is a just a regular pair of sunglasses. One of them is my glacier glasses. And then the other one is a um, clear lens, and that's for like ice climbing to you protect your eyes as you're swinging ice tools. Dang,
0: dude, I <laughs> love it. yeah, you can really tell somebody that's an outdoorsman by how many pairs of glass sunglasses they have, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> and then you always lose one, but then you find it, but then in the in the process, you buy you bought another one. That's so, <laughs> yes, I get into that all the time. Awesome. Yeah, I think
1: uh, I think the researchers have actually. Well, the sunglass industry has done studies, and they said that the uh, the number one market for sunglasses is the Pacific Northwest. To speak for that reason, people buy sunglasses, lose them, and buy them every year all over again.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at a pair of sunglasses I have right here. I was on the way to Mount Adams, and I was like, dude, I can't find my my sunglasses aren't in here. Dang mm-hmm. it. So I had to stop, to grab some. Same with my – my buddy did the same thing. But then all of a sudden, I found my glasses when I got back home, and you know, now I have, like, three pairs, but – the Pacific Northwest, especially volcanoes, spring volcano season, man.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? It's the sunglass season.
0: Yep. Yeah. Sunglass season. All right. What do we got next?
1: All right. So we just covered sun protection. Um so the next is gonna be like your, your clothing protection. So uh wind, rain, and cold protection. So again, that's something where you can bring like minimalist. So your emergency poncho could protect you against rain, but you're not going to pull that out. You you don't want to pull that out. Let's take a backup if you have nothing else, right? You're going to bring a rain jacket. It's probably going to be your primary. Um, and then, you know, when I'm mountaineering, I'm gonna bring like my regular like Arterix Pro shell jacket because it's pretty burly and durable and it's not gonna wear out as I have my backpack over the top of it and I'm using it a lot. And uh, it can also be, uh, suffice as my wind protection. Uh, but if I'm going super light, um, like, you know, what you described earlier and you had a trail runner where she didn't wanna bring a lot of gear, she's probably just gonna bring the poncho. Mm-hmm. In this case, I have the poncho and the emergency blanket in the same bag. Um, But maybe I want something a little bit more than that. Arterix makes this thing called the Norvon SL, and this is a Gore-Tex shell, but it's just the Gore-Tex. There's no nylon fabric um, that the Gore-Tex is laminated to. This is just the Gore-Tex. And it weighs, I think, four ounces. And it's full, permanently waterproof. It's always going to beat up um because it's made out of
0: Vortex. That thing is crazy.
1: Those are my favorite waterproof layers, is,
0: is that one? <laughs> That's so cool, dude. <laughs> that thing is so small. <laughs> it's cool. You should, yeah, check it out. It's pretty cool. It's probably like 200 bucks. <laughs> um,. I think it's 300 bucks, actually. No way, dude. It's the size of the palm of his hand. Yeah. Oh.
1: But, I mean, an Arcteryx jacket, that's how much Arcteryx jackets cost. Yeah, yeah. That's actually one of the cheaper ones.
0: So, (laughs) Arcteryx. Oh. That probably is the reason why I don't have any Arcteryx gear (laughs) at all
1: yeah it's it's pricey but it's it's it is the best gear i think it's the best yeah i really do think it's the best yeah um is one of the best and the other one i really really like is patagonia and that's because they will repair anything that you have for for life you tear a hole in it yep absolutely tear a hole in it the zipper wears out you bring it to a patagonia store they will mail it in in a batch with a bunch of other people's broken gear uh, they'll send it to their repair facility in Reno, they'll repair it, send it back to the store, and then you go pick it up at the store. So it's really economically friendly from a shipping perspective. And obviously it's economically friendly from a keeping gear out of a landfill perspective. Right. Uh, and so for that reason, I'm a huge fan of Patagonia.
0: Right on. Right on. Which
1: brings me to the wind protection layer. And that's um, like, I, this is the Patagonia Houdini There's other things out there made by other brands that are very similar. But this is extremely light, extremely small, about the same as this Arteryx layer. And the nice thing about a wind layer is it really makes a big difference. Like if you're on a trail running, and you're just wearing a t-shirt, you can get pretty cold if the wind picks up. And even though this is paper thin, you block, if you block the wind, it will make you significantly warmer just by putting on this really thin layer. And there's no reason not to bring it because you can fit this in the chest pocket of a trail running vest. Super smart.
0: What is it that makes it so wind resistant? Like, what is it made out of? I'm looking. It's it just up. it's just nylon. Like same material that you
1: you know that your bivy sack or your tent is made out of.
0: So interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, it does cut down significantly, or it helps the warmth significantly. Mm-hmm. A layer like that.
1: Yeah, it just cuts the chill that you would get on your on the surface of your skin by blocking the wind. It's really remarkable how much right. warmer you'll be when you put on a wind layer. And then uh so lastly, in that this is your you know, your clothing wind protection category is going to be insulation. And so this is just a, a down jacket packed into its own pocket. A lot of the Patagonia, most of their jackets pack into their own pocket. And um, I I like to use down for my insulation because it's more compact uh, and it's light and it's not going to lose warmth over time. Whereas synthetic insulation will vent over time. It'll lose its warmth properties because you're compressing that insulation and it just doesn't, it doesn't come back um, as well as down does. Down will pretty much always for the life of the jacket stay just as warm.
0: Yeah. And you can just throw it in a uh, dryer with some tennis balls to puff it back up yep
1: absolutely yep great idea right perfect mm-hmm. cool so that's that's the 10 essentials dude you crush this sweet glad you <laughs> glad you like it glad you learned something
0: yeah you seriously crush that I'm trying to think if there is anything that any anything that somebody might ask about that But you covered it so well that I'm not even sure like where I would go with that. Oh, okay. Maybe here. What was that? I had a I had a note about a first aid, but I don't even remember what I was gonna say with it anymore. Yeah, I don't even remember. Is there anything you want to add to any of this? Like would there what would be like an eleventh essential? (laughs) An eleventh essential. If you had to name an eleventh essential, what would it be? Mm. Headphones.
1: A burrito. (laughs)
0: a burrito there you go dude (laughs) um extra cows yeah it's funny
1: you mentioned that i think in my phone i have like 12 essentials listed so let me look let me look this up
0: by the way we're right at 45 minutes right now we just wow that's what happens when you put a you put a time on it
1: we we crushed it that's awesome yeah um well if i look at the if you look at the rei 10 essential system that's navigation we covered that oh you know what they have a altimeter on there but that's also covered by your phone when you're using the gps app your altimeters on there so that's that's good to know um yeah illumination sun protection that's covered you know, a good thing to add into the sun protection thing, um, which kind of covers your clothing and sun protection, is a, is a sun hoodie. I really like to have a sun hoodie, big time promoting those. Because you don't have to put on as much sunscreen where, when you're wearing that. And um, and they still keep you pretty cool, like just like as they would with a t-shirt.
0: Dude, but I got to say, man, I'm wearing a sun hoodie right now, actually, surprisingly, as there's no sun around here. But, dude, this hood, man. The hood is hot. Like mm-hmm. it looks cool like when you're mm-hmm. out there, you like you look like <laughs> a ninja, backpacker, but dude, you sweat like twice as much, I think. I like yeah. I think I recently picked up almost you know how people will put bandanas beneath their underneath their hats and like kind of mm-hmm. a lot of thru hikers will do that. I actually picked up this thing that like it has like a string here or like a rubber thing here and then it actually is like a bandana, but it's actually just I don't know it almost looks like a rag i guess that just hangs down below your neck mm-hmm. so like it mm-hmm. keeps that and that's like significantly cooler i feel like <laughs> i like the sun hoodies but it's like and i like the way i look at them but they're freaking hot man i don't know yeah i, don't like being it, hot.
1: I think it's just because you don't have like the breeze blowing over your skin that makes a big mm-hmm. difference um the kind of the best sun hoodie you could do is just get a white one it's just mm-hmm. gonna not absorb a lot of right a lot of warmth. Yeah. Fire, emergency shelter, extra food, extra water, extra clothes. Yeah. Um. A battery.
0: Ooh, an external char- Like an external yeah. Charger. Yeah. charger.
1: Yeah, so I bring like this pouch, it's got all the cords in there. It's got a microwave, USB, mini USB, USB-C, and an iPhone cord. And then like, I'll bring an Apple watch cord because I'm, I'm typically using an Apple watch. Um, and then I'll bring a battery. I think this can charge my phone like four times. Yep. But I got a phone, I've got a headlamp, I've got my personal locator beacon. If I'm going rock climbing, sometimes I'll bring my two way radio. All of those things run on batteries, and then I mean, especially, even I even got this UV filter, this thing runs on batteries as well. So there's so many things that are, we're now bringing that re- that are electronic and they rely on batteries, and so you got to bring a power bank. And so that's what I typically do. Um, I've used a lot of different ones. Anchor I found is super high quality. I really love this company. Um, they produce a really good product, so that's what I that's what I use. And then this one has two USB ports because again. We got so many different electronics i don't want to be limited to just charging one thing at a time so i got two usb ports
0: clutch clutch dude oh sure. you crush this i think this is going to help a ton of people i i mean like i said i even people that are experienced in the in the woods and things like that i just put down some notes of things that i need to get off of this kit that we were just talking about right there specifically those sunglasses some re- replacement ones. I need to get some stormproof matches cuz I experienced my winter camping last time it was just windy as heck and I was having a heck of a time like mm-hmm. up. And then I need to get I need to get a better first aid kit for sure, mm-hmm. for, sure mm-hmm. for sure. So, definitely looking into all of that. Dude, I I appreciate you. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Uh, I just I guess I just kind of want to we've touched
1: on it multiple times throughout this video, but I want to make sure that it's clear what you're bringing, what you're not bringing, like the whole like, mini and then large 10 essentials thing, like, what's the kit look like? And when do we bring the the full kit versus not the kit? Um, So that it's kind of hard. That's, that's why I'm reiterating That's why I'm bringing it back, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, I think in situations where you expect to not need anything you bring the ultralight kit alone that's that's it by itself and it should be old it should be two things it should be ultralight, but we don't want a bunch of crap in there everything in there should be ultra light but it should also be really high quality so if i showed you my ultralight kit right now I'd, everything in there it would be pretty high quality stuff. I don't have a compass that's in the top of a water bottle. I can have a real compass, even though it's ultra light. Um, But I have a teeny tiny little flashlight that's a high quality flashlight. It's teeny tiny, but it's high quality. So if I'm going on a trail run and I know I'm not gonna need any gear, I'm gonna bring the minimalist kit. It's got hardly anything in there. If I'm going mountaineering, I'm bringing, what I want to be using, I'm bringing a really high-powered headlamp, for instance. I'm bringing a big multi-tool, right? Um, but I'll have that little tiny kit in there as well because weight is not as much of an issue, and that entire kit packs down to the size of a, a baby sack.
0: What would you take? Because we, we've been talking about doing that Three Sisters Traverse. What would you mm-hmm. take? What would you take for that, for example? So that that would be a day thing, 25 miles, I think, mm-hmm. skiing. But also going uphill, obviously, a lot. Yeah, that's
1: great. That's great to use an act- or like a real situation, so we can kind of play with what to use and, and when to use it. So, yeah, we're, we we want to do three peaks, right? So on skis, we're going to be out all day. It's really long. Uh, we got to be really lightweight, right? Um, so, what do you bring? Um, so I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring the ultralight kit for that one. And I'm going to add on to that the things that I know we will probably need. So I'm going to add on to that a pair of real glacier glasses because we're going to be on a glacier. I'm going to add on to that a a real full power headlamp because I know we're going to be we're going to be in the the dark. I'm going to add on to that a the ultralight kit has just like tablets, right? And it's like um, purification tablets. I don't want to use those. And I know we're probably gonna need to get water throughout the day. So I'm going to bring one of these cabinet and free water filters. Um, I'm going to bring a multi-tool because I'm skiing and I'm going to need more than just a pocket knife. I'm probably not going to bring a, a full size compass cause I'm bringing my phone. Right. So I've already got all that and then I'll bring probably a battery. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to throw in the ultralight kit because I want to be super light, but I'm going to go through every single item and ask myself, am I probably going to use this today? And if so, what do I specifically want to be using? Right. Do I want a keychain flashlight or do I want a Mm headlamp?
0: Right. Does that make sense? Dope. I love it. And I'm stoked for that, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. I didn't. We were talking about North sister and we'll talk about this afterwards. Anyway, that's a great way to put a comma in it. We're going to have another, we're going to have some more segments with mountain guy, Josh coming up again. We'll, we'll figure out what we want. Maybe we'll pull the audience and stuff. We got yeah. some good, we got some good views on our last video and that was us just talking every which way. So now we're actually a little more targeted in what we're, we're talking about. So we'll see what other people want. And Yeah, feel free, the bottom of this episode, leave a comment of what you guys want to and see for the next segment, right? Yep. All right. See you guys.